Yes, we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toladano. John Wall doesn't need no introduction. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick of the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Kalshi. Maybe you thought uh, on the future of TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album win album of the year? Will Biden's approval rating go up? Will it go down? Or inflation? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. You're smart. You know things. Bet on it. $20 bonus if you go to Kalshi.com slash stereo. Spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. Kalshi.com slash stereo. Get in the game. There is no guarantee of performance. An investor could lose their entire investment. Investment fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Kalshi.com. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now, this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yes, have no fear. The I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast is here. Have no fear. The I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast is here. Live from Tel Aviv. I am in Tel Aviv, Israel. I'm back. I am back. And I'm going to share with you guys everything I've seen since I've been here. It's not going to be the funnest, lightest episode. But there's a war going on and I am seeing... Hearing things I never thought I would see. I will give you my quote-unquote review of the 47-minute film that was taken from all verified footage from Hamas terrorists themselves, from survivors, from security footage, from military footage. I've seen so much, I've heard so much, and I want to... This is one of the more important episodes I've ever done, so please tell a friend to tell a friend about the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast, and let's just get into it. Miles Jordan, a.k.a. the Bleach Brothers, a.k.a. the Dust Brothers. Start this puppy with something real loud. Start this puppy with something real proper. But most importantly, start this I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast off with something real funky. It's I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Let's go. Boom. Boom. Ah. Have no fear. The I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast is here live from Tel Aviv, Israel. Welcome to the Iron Dome of Disruption. Welcome to the Ziggity Zone of Disruption. Hope everybody's feeling good. Hope everybody's feeling safe. Hope everybody 
body is feeling sane. My name is Michael Rappaport, a.k.a. The Gringo Mandingo, a.k.a. The Inflamed Ashkenazi, a.k.a. The Raging Bullshitter. Welcome to the Iron Dome of Disruption. Welcome to the Ziggity Zone of Disruption. I am Rapport Stereo Podcast. I am back. First of all, I hope everybody's doing well. I hope everybody is feeling good. That was the first week ever. We missed back-to-back episodes. The first time ever that uh, I didn't podcast in one week in, I don't know, almost 10 years, which is which is incredible because it just goes to show the dedication to disruption, the true blue dedication to disruption. It felt a little weird, felt uncomfortable, felt like I was letting myself down, letting the fans of the I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast down. But my trip to Israel has been so just packed and unusual and emotional and beautiful and so many different things. But I do apologize for missing two podcasts, an entire week of podcasting. Uh, But I am back. Boom, back. And I am live in Tel Aviv, Israel for today's I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. I'm so glad to be on the golden mic, the one and only golden, most disruptive mic in the podcast biz, podcast business. Where do I even start um, with this week? I've been in Israel for a week, staying for a few more days. The next podcast may or may not be done in Israel. I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but um, shit, man. It's been an incredible trip. It's been an incredible, credible trip. I hit the ground, literally moving and grooving. I landed at 4.30 in the morning and went directly to Hostage Square, which is this makeshift place here in Tel Aviv where there's all sorts of tributes, memorials to the people who have passed, all sorts of art projects. They've built uh, a little... uh, place for the families to gather um, and to be together. And, uh, you you know, you could just, there's so many faces of people who have been killed, so many faces of the 129 hostages that as of the recording of this podcast are still in Gaza. And you could just feel the emotion. It just reminded me of New York when there were so many different tributes and memorials and desperation and heartbreak of firemen and shrines that were put up outside of firehouses and just all over New York City. I mean, all over Manhattan. I could just say from, you know, remembering certain tributes that are still there in Manhattan. Uh, Obviously, the makeshift ones aren't there, but... There's so many that are plaques and little memorials that are 
outside firehouses and around the New York and obviously downtown near the World Trade Center. But I went right to Hashit Square and, uh, you know, the flight's rough. But, um, you know, it, it wasn't that bad. I got, I got to start flying more. That 10 and a half hours, you know, it ain't that bad. You just got to muscle through. I muscled through. And then I did a skit that was super viral that you could watch on my my pages, all my pages. If you don't follow me, you should follow me on Twitter. You can follow me on the Instagrams. Follow me on the TikTokers. TikTok won't stop. I did a, a skit for Eretz. It's Eretz, uh, E-R-E-T-Z. You might have seen some of their other skits. It's like the Saturday Night Live of Israel. And... The timing couldn't have been better because uh, it was about these fucking dummies from Penn, from Harvard, from MIT, with their context, context, context bullshit. And, uh, you know, that was, it it was just a great skit. And I just hit the fucking ground running, man. I, I mean, literally came back to the hotel. We took a little shower. I got some coffee in me and we just... The goal was to just make it through the first day um, and, um, you know, not fall down. Yeah, you on all the platforms, you can follow me. You could actually, Miles Jordan, you could play it. This shit's funny. Play uh, this skit I did with absolutely no rehearsal. It's based on Harry Potter. I know nothing about We did no rehearsal. We did uh, did it for the honey for absolutely no money. And I just showed up on the set and knocked this shit out in like a half an hour. I put on the wig. I put on the beard. Looked fantastic in that wig. Looked fantastic in that beard. And uh, Miles Jordan, uh, a.k.a. the Bleach Brothers, play uh, the now super-duper viral Eretz skit where I play Dumbledorf. You know Dumbledorf? Dumbledore? How did I do his Dumbledore? Let me know. Honorable members of the faculty, we summon you here today to address the issue of anti-mudbloodism in Hogwarts. You guys are all professors, which means you're smart, so this shouldn't take long. Let's start with you, Professor McGonagall. Does advocating for the genocide of mudbloods violate the code of conduct on bullying and harassment in Gryffindor? It's a context-dependent decision, Professor Dumbledore. Excuse me? How is calling for the genocide of mudbloods not a violation of the rules? It's a context-dependent decision. What the hell is wrong with you, Professor McGonagall? Aren't you supposed to be one of the good guys in this story? You're telling me that calling for genocide is dependent on the context? Oh, yes. Context. It's a new spell that makes everything that's wrong right. Context. So that was a lot of fun, and I was glad to do that because he was making a statement. It was making a statement, and it was also very funny and very smart. And I was so frustrated by uh, the entire situation. It's been so many goddamn frustrating things. Anyway... The trip, then we went to Kibbutz Berry, which you've heard about. You've heard the name uh, so much. And that's when the trip got really real. 
Uh, this kibbutz was massacred. It was massacred by Hamas terrorists. And for listeners all over the world, listeners in America first, I could say it's like a suburb in any town, like any any town. It could be suburb of Sacramento, suburb of New York, a suburb of California. It's just... Chicago is like a, a chill, super duper, you know, a kibbutz is, it's a unique place to live and everybody's together. And, you know, what I saw there with my own eyes and it was horrifying. What I saw there with my own eyes was horrifying. And you, you drive up and it's, you know, it's not far from where there's a war going on. There's a war going on there right now. And to be uh, there, you know, there's there's military all over the place. And, uh, you know, you're a little bit, well, I say a lot of bit. You're a lot of bit for me, like, oh, shit, w when you get there and, you know, they put the vests on you right away. As soon as you get out of the van, they put the... The, the bulletproof vest, they put the, the military helmet on you. And, uh, you know, uh, you're seeing soldiers that are like 18, 19, 20, 23, girls, guys, older guys. You know, there's, there's people walking around there that are like my age, that are military. There's people walking around that are 40. And, uh, you know, it's a serious place. But where I first, you know, pulled up at Kibbutzberry, there's a beautiful you know, sort of makeshift place where people are sitting, having soup. Uh, there's donations. Uh, you know, there's a donate. This is not like, yo, I'm telling you one thing that I learned. Israel's not a super duper rich, you know, money. I think people think there's money and shekels just, you know, pouring out of fucking every orifice. This is not, this is not what it is. That is just not the reality. Oh, by the way, by the way, because you guys know me, the gringo man, dingo, me, Captain Kaleidos, me, the raging bullshit. You know, I saved a plane. I finally got the treatment that I deserved. Oh, yeah. When I was flying into Tel Aviv, El Al Airlines, the captain invited me into the cockpit. They saluted me. They knew what it was. They had no idea that I had saved the plane, but they were just so happy to have the Gringo Man Dingo on the plane. They let me be in the plane during the landing. I, I pretty much landed that puppy. I pretty much landed that puppy in Tel Aviv. But, you know, like I said, you get to the kibbutz, it's serious shit. Kibbutzberry, you I mean it's a war state, and you could see Gaza. They're like, there's Gaza. And I went to another kibbutz, another day, Kafar Aza. What does that sound like? Kafar Aza. Sounds like Gaza. There's a reason why. And that was only a mile away. Literally a mile away. And you could see the Gaza Strip from there. You could see smoke. But I have to tell you, you guys, um, what I saw in that kibbutz Berry was you know i had a, a you know a guy give me a tour i had a military idf guy and two girls 
beautiful girls. They're in the IDF. Everybody is in the IDF here. Everybody's serving their country here. And, you know, what I saw in this little, this little neighborhood for us is houses upon houses, little homes, little humble homes burnt to the ground, burnt beyond repair. There's spray paint. Every house has spray paint that they mark to show if it, you know, through the military and the government and, you know, the hospitals and the whole procedure to articulate and show if there's bodies been found. And almost every house had spray paint with the circle in it that shows there was a, a body found in there. And these safe rooms that people talk about, they're not for terrorists who show up on a Saturday morning with rifles while you're just waking up on a Saturday after one of the biggest holidays in Israel. They're for rockets and bombs to go into. They're not like that Jodie Foster movie where you lock the door and it's sealed shut. And one of the first things that I saw was this woman, her safe room, which is just a small little room. And the IDF soldier who is showing the world, bearing witness, articulating and proving and showing, and I say proving, it's so ridiculous that People have to prove what happened. But he told me the story of this woman who locked herself in this room, tried to lock herself in this room, and they set her home on fire, and they set the room on fire, and she was burnt beyond forensic recognition. It took weeks to... 100% identify that a human being was found in this room. It took weeks. It took fucking weeks to identify that a human being was found. And I'm standing in this little room. And it was it was crazy, man. It was fucking crazy. And I went to house after house and there's 20, 30, 40 bullet holes. There's explosions from grenades in these little homes. And I was at this one home, this man who grew up in this home was there because he said, I don't know what else to do with my days. And he told me, he's been on the news, this, this guy, a bunch. I had recognized his face because I seen his story. The house was obliterated. There were bullet holes everywhere. And his mother got kidnapped. His, I believe the, his cousins got kidnapped. His father was standing outside of their safe room. Again, the safe rooms are not to lock yourself in from terrorists with guns. They're shelters when rockets go off. And every home has them. And he walked me through his home and he walked me through his kitchen that was just, the whole thing was on fire. There were dishes broken. There were bullet holes everywhere. He showed me his little living room 
where there were bullet holes everywhere, everything was on fire, melted televisions, melted air conditioners. And he took me outside the safe room and he talked about how his father was found outside this room with a kitchen knife nearby. He tried to defend his family with nothing but a kitchen knife versus violent, bloodthirsty, masochistic, sick, unforgivable, savage terrorists. It was haunting. It took my breath away. It took my breath away over and over and over and over. Every house that I saw, there was clothing, there was toilet paper, there was sneakers all over this kibbutz because it was looted, not by the terrorists, by civilians. 3,000 terrorists came in, but civilians came in. It's a mile away. It was a fucking massacre. People came in there and took property from homes that were burning, took property off of dead people, took their wallets, took their money, took clothing, took any TVs, took anything they could get their fucking hands on. They showed me where blood had been cleaned off the white walls. And I was there 69 days after the massacre. 69 days after the massacre, you could still smell the remnants of the burning. You could still see fresh charcoal, wood. It was, it was fucking crazy, man. It was fucking crazy. And that's why I came. I have been so upset. I have been so heartbroken. I have been so confused. I've been so frustrated with the fact that this event happened on October 7th, and I'm so frustrated, disgusted with the way it's being spun, and I have talked to so many different people, and um, to say I'm glad I saw it is not the right word, but I'm I'm glad that I'm, I saw it, and I'm glad that I'm able to articulate it. I'm glad that I have a platform. I'm glad that I'm not scared to, to talk and call it as I fucking saw it. I am Rappaport Podcast. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Kalshi. Maybe you thought uh, on the future of TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album win album of the year? Will Biden's approval rating go up? Will it go down? Or inflation? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. You're smart. You know things. Bet on it. $20 bonus if you go to Kalshi.com slash stereo. Spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. Kalshi.com slash stereo. Get in the game. There is no guarantee of performance. An investor could lose their entire investment. Investment fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Kalshi.com. This is Neil Strauss host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. 
these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What I saw at Kibbutz Berry, what I saw at Kibbutz Kafar Aza, the stories that I've, I saw, the signs that I saw, there was this one home at Kafar Aza, which is the one that's even closer to Gaza than Berry. The first home that I saw, there's like homes Family homes, and there's like almost like starter homes, small homes, studio homes. But it's not, they're not studio apartments, but the best I can explain is like studio homes. I'm talking small little homes. A young couple was massacred in there. Beautiful couple, beautiful young man, beautiful young woman. Fucking. It was, it was, if you see the size of these little tiny homes, like 500. 500 square feet, small, throwing hand grenades in there, bullet holes everywhere. It was a fucking horror show. It was a fucking horror show. What I saw with my own eyes at Kafaraza, a search and rescue man. Zaka Search and Rescue. You should follow them. Z-A-K-A Search and and rescue one of these guys went quote unquote viral because he shared what he saw right after the massacres. These guys are from New York. They're two New York guys. They're Hasidic, but they're so fucking cool and so New York. They cleaned. This is what they do. They they get dead bodies, but normally it's not anything like that. He was describing to me what he was seeing, and it's like 
if this was in a movie, you'd be like, get the fuck out of here. The Zaka, Z-A-K-A, search and rescue. Bones, blood, body parts of these young people in home after home after a home, two, three, four, five homes in a row, right? A hundred feet away from two, three, four, five homes in a row. And he, they're just so, they're so young, such young, such young people, man. And like I said, there's sneakers outside, there's t-shirts and sweatshirts and, you know, stacks of toilet paper and pa- the, the people looted it. These are fucking animals, animals. And every home has a story. Every home, there's a couple of homes that the animals, and they're animals. I don't give a fuck what anyone says. I don't care what anyone says. They would try to get into some homes by hook or crook, and other homes they would try to, and then they'd go to the next home. So there's like a couple of homes in the midst of burnt home after burnt home after burnt home, massacred uh, young people after massacred young people after full families massacred that nothing happened to. It was crazy. It was crazy, man. It was it was fucking crazy. And, you know, I had, I just learned so much. I went to the, the gate in Kafaraza, the, the security gate that you've seen the footage where they blasted through with the tractors. It's been repaired now. And like I said, you could see Gaza in the distance. And throughout all these tours, you're hearing artillery be shot into Gaza, as it should be. These hostages need to come home. These hostages need to come home. But I'm like, you know, they're like, just just don't worry about it. everything is safe. You know, you couldn't be more safe right now. And I'm like, yo, that fucking sound. It's like you're hearing like, boom, like blasting. And some of them are in the distance. And some of them feel like it's like five feet away from you. It's obviously not, but it sounds... The sound scared the shit out of me a few times. But I was standing, I touched it. I was leaning on that gate that the terrorists and the civilians came through. That the terrorists and the civilians came through. And I met, I'd say, I sat down and talked to for an hour, hour and a half, six or seven families whose Kids are still in Gaza as of the recording of this podcast. As of the recording of this podcast, it's 74 days, 74 days. And the devastation and the heartbreak and the anxiety and the sleeplessness and the fear and the confusion and the frustration and every single other descriptive word you can come up with. I've never seen people so heartbroken and upset and tired of crying and tired of talking. And they're just so, so, so demoralized and concerned for their kids. Man, it was... It was a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot. But I'm, I'm glad that I came here. I'm glad I'm able to share with you guys what I saw and what I heard. And, you know, hearing each parent talk about their 
their son or their daughter, hearing each son talk about their father. It was a lot. It was a lot. One of the highlights is I got to meet Ophir Engel, who, of course, we had his aunt Yael on the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. And as soon as I saw her, I just ran. It was like a miracle. And she was like a different person, like physically like a different person. Obviously, I only met her over Zoom when we did the podcast. And then I got to meet Ophir and, you know, I started crying. It was like a miracle. I, you know, I got to meet him and it was just so, it was so um, good to see him. It was so good to see him and I had never met him before. And, you know, his family is so relieved, but they have so much trauma, the trauma that these families went through and the trauma that that young man went through and the trauma that all these families are going through and the released hostages and the hostages that are still there and the, the friends. It was so much, but meeting Ophir was a, it was a trip. It was a fucking trip to meet him and see him in real life and to meet Yael and to meet uh, uh, that whole family. And they live in this beautiful neighborhood. And when I was pulling up to this neighborhood, uh, I got to meet this ginormous bear Jew, true blue bear Jew, six foot six, probably 350 pounds, spoke perfect English. He's Israeli, guarding the neighborhood with nothing but a baseball bat. My guy had a fucking, and it wasn't for humor. It wasn't for jokes. My man had the baseball bat. He's not, he's not able to carry a gun. He had the bat on him. He had the motherfucking Louisville slugger on him. And he wasn't tough. These people aren't trying to be tough. They aren't trying to... They're scared. They're fucking scared. And then, uh, you know, another person who was working security there came with the gun and they showed me the safe rooms. And, you know, Israel's a fucking trip, man. Israel's a trip. But I'll tell you something. The infamous spirit of the Israeli people. And I met Arabs. I walked through the streets. You know, there's, this is not, people aren't shitting gold out of their ass out here. The majority of the people that I'm here, I've come across are regular working class people. This stereotype of Jews being millionaires and Jews having fucking stairways to the stars is bullshit. It's bullshit. And it's, you're putting uh, Jewish people, you're putting Israelis in jeopardy by perpetuating these fucking stupid stereotypes like that fat, dusty motherfucker Kanye West who I blasted to over the weekend as if Jewish people aren't going through enough. We need your fat, dirty, dusty ass. Good your wife divorced you. Good Skeet Davidson was skeeting. Good she doesn't want your kids. You're not a stable person. Fuck you. You're an embarrassment to your mother. You're an embarrassment to Donda. You're a joke. You can't make a good record. You're washed up. You don't have it anymore. You're cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Put them in the fucking cuckoo's nest. Put them next to Chief. Lobotomize that fuck. The Jewish people have enough going on. We don't need you. But it was... It was crazy meeting Ophir. I met a younger man, a young man named Itmar, Itamar, who 
his story, I'm just going to tell you a little bit because it's his story to tell, but he was at the Nova Festival with his girlfriend. This is a 22-year-old young man who loves basketball, loves Kobe, loves John Starks, surprised me with his John Starks jersey, went to this festival, went to chill, People are down there, they're smoking weed, they're doing a little fucking, some acid, some molly, some mushrooms, whatever they're into, they're drinking, they're in flip-flops, they're in their shorts. It's a peace festival. These are the young, quote-unquote, lefty liberals. These are the people that want peace, that want to get along, that want to bridge the gap, that want to push forward the relationship between Israelis and Palestinians. They're the closest of the close to Gaza. This young man and his girlfriend and his, and, you know, it's a small country. Everybody kind of knows everybody, especially in, this, in your age group. They left the Nova Music Festival because it was under attack. They pulled over on the side of the road to go into a Safe house on the side of the room. Again, no doors. This is just like bomb shelters, but it's just for to, to wait until bombs go off or missiles go off, finish going off, and then you come out. They were in there for, I think, 10, 12 hours. And what was going on in that shelter where it was eventually 25, 30 people when the terrorists came is Horrific. Some of the footage is on social media. These animals, dumb, stupid. They're so fucking dumb. They got guns. I don't know if they're these machine guns, AK-47s. They're throwing grenades into this tiny little room. And as Edomar said, he goes, it was a real life superhero. One of these young men was throwing the grenades back out. I learned if you launch a grenade, you have three seconds. He threw out six of them. But people were running. Look it up on YouTube. Look up Hamas attacks a safe house. Look up the grenades throwing, being thrown out. It was a horror movie, what he was describing, what he described by the time the savages came in there and they kidnapped people. There were bodies Body parts, his friend, his girlfriend. Fortunately, him and his girlfriend didn't get kidnapped. He got shot. What he described in detail to me and to my wife was a movie. But if it didn't happen in real life, you go, this can't be a movie. It's unbelievable. Believe it. It fucking happened. I couldn't believe what I was hearing when he was telling me his story. And I'm so grateful that he told me his story because it was a horror show. People need to understand. I am Podcast. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Kalshi. Maybe you thought uh, on the future of TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album win album of the year? Will Biden's approval rating go up? Will it go down? Or inflation? You can trade futures on all of that 
and make money if you're correct. You're smart. You know things. Bet on it. $20 bonus if you go to Kalshi.com slash stereo. Spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. Kalshi.com slash stereo. Get in the game. There is no guarantee of performance. An investor could lose their entire investment. Investment fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Kalshi.com. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I decided after going to the kibbutz, after meeting family after family, and I went to this rally on Saturday night where they asked me to speak, and I spoke as passionately and as humbly as I possibly could and as firmly as I possibly could about the hostages needing to come home ASAP. The hostages need to come home ASAP now. Akshav, that means now, Akshav. But I finally watched that 47-minute movie that journalists have watched, that Chris Cuomo just talked about watching. Me and my wife were like, fuck it, we're here. We've seen the, the aftermath. If anything, let me explain to the world what I've seen. And I saw some of the footage you guys have seen on social media. These terrorists were happy. They were excited. They didn't hesitate. They shot people at close 
range over and over and over. They went into a father's home, a family home, where you see a father on his security footage running from the patio into the safe room with his two boys who must be five, like seven and nine, maybe five and seven, four and six, something like that. They're in their underwear. He woke them up out of bed. They go into a safe room. You hear bullets. You hear shooting. You see them run into the safe room. A few seconds later, you see a fucking animal throw a grenade into the safe room. Then you see the father's body fall to the ground. And you see these young babies, these boys in their underwear come out with blood all over them. I saw that with my own eyes. And they're scared. They're confused. They can't see. They don't know what's happening. Then the terrorist walks into their kitchen while these kids are screaming. Man, the, the older brother's trying to help his younger brother because he can't. he's saying he can't see. And you see the sick fucking savage animal go into the refrigerator, take out a bottle of what looks like soda or juice and drink it like he's visiting his nephews. Casual, like he's there getting ready to hang out and play football with the family. Sick fucking animals. Then you see the mother come with the local security. She sees her father. It's just horrible. She sees her husband. It's horrible. I saw shooting after shooting. I saw these people break into people's homes, the most vulnerable, the most vulnerable people on a Saturday morning after Shabbat during a holiday, shooting people, laughing about it, cheering each other on, encouraging each other to shoot them in the head. I saw them kidnapping people, dragging dead bodies, Girl after girl after girl in fucking tank tops and little fucking short tops. Bleeding dead, bleeding from the vagina, bleeding from their asses. I saw that with my own eyes. I saw it with my fucking own eyes. And if you don't believe it, go on YouTube. You can still see some of this footage. I saw it with my own eyes. Burnt body, burnt to a crisp, burnt beyond recognition. One mother, after the fact, was trying to identify her, her daughter's body, and she said, I can't tell. I can't tell because she couldn't tell if the tattoo was burnt to the, like some shit you'd see in like a prop. I saw them dragging bodies, dead bodies through Gaza, kicking the dead bodies, stomping on the heads. I saw them chop the head off of what could have been an Israeli person, could have been a Muslim, a dark-skinned guy, saying Allah Wakbar, calling them dogs, kill them. I saw the phone call, the guy's calling his mother, piece of shit, bragging to his mother and father about killing dead Jews. I saw it. Dragging dead bodies through Gaza, kicking the dead bodies. And not one re reference of colonizers, we're not one reference of give us the land back. Not one reference of free uh, Palestine from the river to the sea. Allah, Wakbar was said over a hundred times. Shoot him in the head. Kill him, dogs. Fucking cheering each other on. They're doing selfies with bodies. 
doing little videos with dead bodies. Proud of it. Proud of it. There's spray paint in these kibbutz. Motherfuckers were spray painting to show that they were there. It's a fucking disaster. Fuck. Yo, this is not about land. This is not about occupation. This is about Islamic jihadists. It's not just about Jews. It's not just about Israel. It's about Islamic jihadists that want to take over the fucking world with some kooky, crazy bullshit. Now, one person in that 47 minutes said, we got our land back. Oh, we, we got you, you occupiers. Now, one person said that shit. We've all, we have all gotten so desensitized from what and how this fucking thing started. You don't believe me? Look up the footage. A lot of it is still online. They never said occupiers. They never said from the river to the sea. They never said the word Palestine. Palestine. They never said any of that shit. This was about murdering, raping, kidnapping, mutilating, anything they possibly could. Mutilating memories, mutilating the memories of Jewish people. Mutilating the memories of Israeli people, kidnapped people from over 30 countries, Muslims, Arabs. These are fucking animals. Hamas is a fucking shit show, piece of shit terrorist organization. A shit show, piece of shit terrorist organization. They think they're winning. They think they're fucking winning for what they're doing. They think this is a win, a W. The fact that people are fucking cheering them on. Cheer them on. They'll fucking kill you as well. You, you, you think these people give a fuck? They don't give a fuck if you're Christian, Roman Catholic, Irish Catholic, atheist, Islamic jihadist. That's the only thing they give a fuck. Don't get it twisted. LGBT fucking Q. I saw it with my own fucking eyes. I know this is an intense podcast. It's been an intense trip. I promise I'll I'll do better and funnier on the next podcast. I came here for this. I came here because people are doubting this. Nobody wants innocent people killed. Nobody wanted innocent people killed, raped, murdered, burnt to the fucking crisp on October 7th. If a ceasefire works, great. If a manicure, pedicure works, great. If we got to keep fucking going in there, so fucking be it. Those hostages need to be returned. Hamas needs to be eradicated. Period. There is no negotiating with. They think they're fucking winning. They don't give a fuck that all their people are dying. They think this is a fucking win. Anyway. I'm going to end this podcast. Again, I am sorry that last week I wasn't with everybody. I'm here. I'll be here again later this week. And please tell a friend to tell a friend about the podcast. Share this episode. Tag me, tag I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. And stay safe, stay sane, stay disruptive. I am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Miles Jordan, take us out of here with something real nice. Take us out of here with something real loud. 
But no matter what, you have to take us out here with something real funky. Out. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Kalshi. Maybe you thought uh, on the future of TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album win album of the year? Will Biden's approval rating go up? Will it go down? Or inflation? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. You're smart. You know things. Bet on it. $20 bonus if you go to Kalshi.com slash stereo. Spelled K-A-L. S-H-I and deposit $50. Kalshi.com slash stereo. Get in the game. There is no guarantee of performance. An investor could lose their entire investment. Investment fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Kalshi.com. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.